Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, the NFL draft is complete. We obviously nailed every single thing in our predictions about what would happen. <laughs> I think we did okay. Uh, you know, one thing, I, I mean, we weren't as bold, but we both we both were kind of underwhelmed by the quarterback group. Mm-hmm. And obviously the teams around the league were even more underwhelmed, it seemed like. because yeah. One first yeah, rounder. One in the first, what, 70 picks? Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter went 70, 72, 74, something like that. Malik mm-hmm. Willis went in the 80s, which yeah, was a I, big I, shock. Sam Howell just Fifth hung round. out all weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, you and I, when we talked, I mean, and it was, we weren't making it up. It was legitimately being talked about that would Malik Willis go second overall to the Lions. And obviously there was, you know, I mean, obviously that wasn't going to happen even if the Lions couldn't have gotten Aiden Hutchinson because they had, I think at least two other swipes at Malik Willis and did not take it. So mm-hmm. obviously the thought that they were infatuated with him was false. Uh, you know, and there were some other notable things for as, for as many Georgia Bulldogs that were picked, including by the Packers to have N'Kobe Dean fall. Yeah, that was shocking. Yeah. I mean, five defenders in the first round. Um, and I think another went in the, in the second or third, you know, before Dean, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know there's some some discussion of whether he's injured, and and there's some concern, you know, like would he have to have surgery this year or something. But boy, to me, that just that just screams out as a pick. We're going to look back in like two years and think like, how did the Eagles get him in the third round? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he was nothing but great in college. Probably their most impactful defensive player this year on, on, on a great defense. I was going to say on arguably the best defense in college football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, like, sometimes we talk about how, like, uh, well, you know, you don't have to have the most talent or whatever. But, I mean, George is a perfect example of having the most talent and winning a national title. They, Mm -hmm. you know, 15 guys drafted. That's the record for a seven-round draft. Uh, I think they had, you know, eight or nine in the first two days. Um, You know, just about every position was represented somewhere. They had two offensive linemen. They had a receiver. They had... Uh, a running back, two running backs in the first four rounds. They had a bunch of defensive players. They had a punter. Uh, I mean, it, it was an extremely talented team. And, you know, the national title was, was the first proof of it. And what we saw, you know, last weekend was the second, I guess. Yeah. I did enjoy uh, this. This made the rounds a little on Packers Twitter. Uh, Eric Stokes posted the office meme of Pam giving the two pictures and said corporate wants you to tell the difference. They're the same <laughs> picture. And it was the Packers G and the Georgia G. And the George G. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they, uh, they obviously like their Georgia defenders. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, three in the last two years, the first round. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Hey, and at all three levels. Productive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they were excellent. Um, you know, and, and I, I mean, you know, very talented, but also some of those guys were not as heralded a recruits. So mm-hmm. the, the knock on Kirby, if you want to knock him, which is a little bit of a reach to knock him, but has been, you know, does he develop? Well, Jordan Davis was not a heralded recruit. Uh, Devonte Wyatt was not a heralded recruit. They both, you know, went on to be all Americans and first round draft picks. So, uh, obviously they could develop talent as well as get the best talent. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, good for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I thought, uh, like I said, was surprised by the quarterbacks. Um, gosh, we talked about Carson Strong being the sixth quarterback. He didn't get picked at all. Mm-hmm. Undrafted free agent to the Eagles. Um, well, who was the guy who the Patriots took? The kid from Western Kentucky, yeah. Bailey Zappi. Yeah. yeah. Who went yeah. ahead of Howell? Yeah, that was the surprise. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, the Patriots made a lot of picks that, you know, starting with their first rounder, that was like, wow, they they obviously have a different way of evaluating than than most. Mm-hmm. And because they're the Patriots, you know, I heard it again this weekend, like, well, the Patriots know what they're doing. It's like, yes and no. I mean, look, they've won a lot. And, you know, but they've also had a number of draft misfires over these last few years. Well, and they've uh, gotten no, a, a lot, you know. They've gotten a lot of free agents because their quarterback didn't have to have the max deal. Right, right, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, look, they, they've won consistently, and it's tough to say, you know, oh, well, but, but, you know, in reality, like, their drafting hasn't been the best. Certainly, receiver has been noted for how poor their draft and development have been at receiver 
over the last few years, one being our own guy, Nikhil Harry, who did they release him? Or I, I think just it's talk? just presumed they will on June 1st. He won't be back. Yeah, he'll need to be released or traded for nothing, probably. So, uh, you know, but he's not the only one. I mean, they've they've had a number of guys that like, oh, they're supposed to be something, and it hasn't. And so who knows? But, uh, yeah, that was a surprise to see him go when he did. I actually missed that portion of the draft, and then I, I saw Howell get picked and thought, okay, well, we got our first five off the board, and then I went back and looked. I'm like, oh, wait, hey, I, I missed somebody. Yeah, that was a – they said his comp for Zappi was like um, just – guys who are career backups yeah you know and it's like that that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that but yeah i mean if that's your round you know well and they have a young quarterback is it just they do there's there's part of me i you know i texted this to my dad and brother yeah going into the fifth round i said that i would have been fine if the packers took howell at that point like if, yeah, I mean, you know, at that point you have nothing to lose, basically. You know? Yeah, yeah, and he becomes something great. If he doesn't, oh well, you know. Uh, now, I mean, you could make the argument for the for the Pats that, like, well, don't you have other? I mean, a fourth round pick can and probably should be a starter for you in many cases. Mm-hmm. And by making that pick, you know, you're you're saying probably yeah, at the best result, he's a good solid number two to back Jones mm-hmm. and. Ideally, he doesn't see the field. Mac Jones stays healthy and productive. So, yeah, that was a little bit surprising. But again, you know, taking Cole Strange in the first round was certainly a surprise. Um, <laughs> surprise! Uh, surprise the know. heck out of the Rams. That surprise video was pretty Rams, funny. Yeah, who were who? I think you know uh, enjoyed the Thursday night without having mm-hmm. to to work too hard, and you know, it, it showed that they enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, probably not the comments they would have made if they had been you know totally prepared. But I also was. Like I saw people were, you know, like, oh, they're, you know, and they were having fun, man. Uh, who cares? Like they didn't insult the kid. They yeah. just were surprised just like everybody else was. <laughs> well, and they, they didn't say he should go undrafted. They, you know, no. he joked. He's like, we wasted a lot of time scouting him thinking he'd be there at, you know, whatever he said. one oh four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which one oh four is not a bad pick. It's not. It's, it's not early at all. fourth no. round. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, people love to just get offended about something, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was it was an interesting draft. It was, uh, you know, light on the, you know, what first round with with no quarterbacks or I'm sorry, no mm-hmm. running backs, one quarterback, mm-hmm. um, but heavy on receivers. Saw what six in the in the top eighteen, I believe. Yep, because the Packers didn't get of any trades. of them, and then right. they traded up to the second pick Watson in the in second the, in the second. Yeah, and then there, I mean. I think I heard there was what seventeen or eighteen receivers in the first three days or three rounds. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean it was definitely a heavy receiver draft. Uh, uh, Ohio State had you know what three straight first round picks. I mean, Jamison Williams finished his career at Alabama, obviously, and had his best year, but still pretty amazing. They were all on the same team, ten, eleven, twelve mm-hmm. overall at the same position. Yeah, which does tell you as a player. Maybe not a quarterback, although we've seen it with Tua and Hertz, and yeah, you know, but uh, and Jones add him to the list, right, right. But you can just go places, you know. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know that that Ohio State receiver group has been so good, and and looks like it will continue to be. I mean, uh, the guy who's at least at this point, things change. But, you know, considered the top receiver for next year's class, also plays for Ohio State, Smith and Jigba. And then, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a breakout game in the Rose Bowl. And, like, there's there's no slowing them down, it doesn't feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, overall, I thought that it was an interesting, you know, if if it's where the NFL's going that running backs just are second, third round guys unless you're Derrick yeah. Henry. Right. Um, right. Okay. Like I'm I'm sure. on board. I'm not I, I think it is. I mean, I think we've been there. There's been a few except you know, Zeke went high and, and McCaffrey. Uh you know, but yeah, I mean it feels like that position has become because those two guys I just pointed out, like They've been good, but 
shortly into their careers. They're not deep in their careers, and you could already make the argument that their effectiveness has waned a lot. Well, I mean, I think um, you can comfortably argue that Zeke might not be the favored running back in that room. Right, right. You know, and McCaffrey's been hurt most of the last two years, and that was a concern about him going into the draft. And, and early on in his career, it was like, oh, see, he could do it. And I was like, well, no, I'm not sure that he can for six, seven, eight years. And, you know, I, I think it is very, a very fungible position, if, you know, and, and I mean, maybe this is a, a way we can transition to talk about the ASU guys, but our, our highest guy was Rashad White, third round pick. And, you know, I don't think it would be a huge shock to see him play a, a significant role for Tampa next year. Yeah, uh, because I mean it's it's plug and play with those guys a lot of times. Well, he was the PFF highest graded running back uh, yeah. in the draft, I believe. Uh, yeah, and he, you know, he's going to a good landing spot. I think it's an yeah. offense that he can be there with. You know, playoff Lenny, right? Right. Um, and then they take a guy last year too. I can't remember who. I'm I'm blanking on the name. But they had a rookie last year, too, who played some. But they let Ronald Jones go. He left as a free agent. So there's there's uh, there's room there. Um, well, and you know, his, his play, his ability to catch passes out of the backfield right. or split out wide, you know, that gives you some value in this For league. For sure. For sure. Absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, Brady, over the course of his career, has – almost always had a, you know, running back that is a prime, you know, pass catcher for him. James White for years with, with the Pats comes to mind, but they, you know, they're not the only one go back. Who was, who was the guy early in his career? I'm, I'm Kevin Falk. I'm missing. Kevin Falk. Yes. For years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if he's as good as those two guys, but he might, he might get the opportunity to be, who knows? Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, James White has carved out a really nice career being a not every down back, right. but you know, understands his role can exactly, can, exactly. and the, the key is going to be for anyone who plays that style, as we've learned as fans, because I'm not saying this with real knowledge, but as fans, we've learned <laughs> if he can pass protect, there's a long career yeah. to be made for sure, for sure. You know, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. I mean, so. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, the offense that we ran here wasn't the greatest, and and uh, you know, don't worry, we're changing most... coordinators again. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, not the most pro style, but uh, I mean, what we saw from him is he he can handle a lot of carries. He mm-hmm. can handle being a, a pass catcher. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think that's probably the big question mark is what what is he like in in pass protection does he pick up you know the blocking schemes the calls things like that but the skill is there um mm-hmm. you know i was what he was what, what number running back was he fourth or fifth yeah and overall i know hall and walker went went high in the second and then james cook went in the second but yeah. there might be somebody else i i didn't i didn't look but you know i i thought that was about right for him honestly i was i was pretty satisfied with where he went yeah and and look, he's gonna have a real opportunity here to do something. And frankly, not a bad day for ASU. Surprising that wet or weekend, I guess. Surprising West and Deesh didn't get drafted, but that was surprising. Yeah, you know, yeah. they both signed. Um, and I saw Deesh got a pretty big, uh, si- you know, signing bonus. I think uh, from mm-hmm. the Dolphins, he was one of the guys, you know, six figure signing bonus. So. Solid for him, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. we had four guys drafted. Yeah. Am I remembering that right? Both yeah. corners. Davidson. And DJ Davidson and, and White. Yeah. And then you had both those guys sign as free agents, and, and Butler signed with the Raiders to reunite with Antonio Pierce right. again. High right, school, right. college, and now the pros. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I saw um, Curtis Hodges signed somewhere, didn't he? Washington? Yeah. Is that right? He's a commander. Yeah. yeah. West went to the 49ers. Am I, I right about that? Believe that's right. It was hard to keep up with where everybody went, but uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, you know, pretty good. We we thought there could be, you know, we talked up to six guys drafted. We didn't get there, but you know, four guys drafted, another handful, four at least that we've we've you know we know signed somewhere. Not bad. 
Now, you know, does that raise the argument that we didn't take full advantage of that roster? Yeah, of course, I think but so. we already knew uh, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's it's sort of it's the sister argument of what I just said about Georgia. They won the national title. It's like, well, yeah, the draft picks just prove that they were, yeah, they were one of the best teams in the country. We already knew that. And I think, yeah, the, the results of this weekend and the NFL, you know, picks and signings tell us, yeah, we didn't get enough out of this team. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't. And, and you know what, that's going to be a theme, uh, that ends this season because we're bad. So, (laughs) Yeah, getting enough out of this team is is a much lower bar. Yeah, uh, I still don't know if we will get what we should out of this team. That's to be determined, I guess. But but if you don't yeah. think they're going to win any games anyway, like... <laughs> I mean, I think uh, you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably repeat myself a lot over the next few months. Uh, an expectation level of anything less than six wins at a Power Five program, given how you can schedule is I'm not going to sign on to it. So uh, my expectation is minimum six wins. But yeah. my realistic thought is three, four, four at the most, uh, you know, and, and and with the possibility that it's three or lower. And and so, yeah, I mean, I guess if you, you know, if you get five wins out of this team, it'll be like, well, you probably got the most you could out of them. But that that uh, tells another story. It becomes like the latter part of Herb Sendex years where it's like, well, yeah, we're getting the most out of these teams. They're just not any good. Yeah. It's uh look, really want to enjoy weeks one and two. That's, that's one and three. Probably. Yeah. Two is Oklahoma state. Oh, one and Pro- three. Probably won't enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. We- yeah. Weeks one and three. <laughs> yeah. One and three might be our only chances to leave a week at, at 500 or better. Um, mm-hmm. because two and four are Oklahoma State and Utah, who will probably be preseason top, you know, Utah's probably preseason top 10, Oklahoma State probably top 20. Mm-hmm. Don't like our chances to even, you know, compete in those two games. And then who knows with the conference season, as we talked about last time, it's not like the conference is, is loaded, but we just seem, you know, I mean, in, in the last six days since we last talked, we've lost another handful of, of you know, important players. Yeah, you texted during the draft, will we be able to say we have a team's worth of starters gone? Uh, from either from offense or, defense. or transfers? Yeah. And I think yes. And we got there. We did. I, I, I think we're kind of already there. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I went through it, you know. I mean, uh, a lot of them. Well, yeah, we've got yeah, we five. Look, we've got a quarterback. Yep. Two, two running backs, backs. Five linemen. A tight yep. end. And three receivers, all yeah, gone. That's an offense. Yeah, yeah. and then defense. We lost Lole, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, although I guess although he. So I heard this from Sun Devil Source report that yeah. uh, he said he wants to come back, and this, yeah. is, but this is purely nil, and he, this is allegedly and second-handed because obviously I'm not reporting anything in right. but allegedly right. he got yeah. offered. $100,000 by the newly formed doing their best ASU yeah. group, but that yeah. it's expected he'll get 250 somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've just been, we've just been completely caught with our pants uh, down, like with our pants down unprepared. Um, and it just, it, you know, I think I said this last time we talked, if I didn't, I was thinking it, um, you know, it's so interesting because obviously this all comes on the heels of this NCA investigation into breaking rules. And what was the end, re- you know, what was the end result, the desired end result of breaking those rules, recruiting when we weren't supposed to, flying guys out when we weren't supposed to, get better players. Yeah. Win, right? I mean, that that was the that was the goal was, hey, we're, we're not going to follow the rules because by not following the rules, we're going to get better players and we're going to win. And then now it's now it's you know Ray Anderson telling us we're not going to be in an arms race with the NIL. It's like, well, what happened to the goal of getting the best players and winning? Because that's how you do it now, like it or not. That's that's how it is. So again, this was Chris Cartman's reporting, um, but I'm curious your take on this. Yeah. Apparently, there was a you know AD conference or some something, mm-hmm. 
And Anderson came back from it and and had a meeting with Crow where he basically said, well, I, I think we probably do need to get involved in the NIL. It seems like this is a real thing. Yeah. And, and that was late this spring. <laughs> that Do you know how embarrassing that is? That, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, yeah, it's very bad. It, it's a complete lack of foresight to see. I mean, this was not unexpected. This has been coming for, I, I mean, these rules went into place, uh, what, before last season? Yeah. That, that, you know, guys could start making money. And we had guys that signed, you know, yeah. uh, sponsorship yeah. agreements. Daniels, Daniels with Venezia's and getting a car. Yeah. And, Pizza. Yeah, you know, what you Spencer and I, Rattler, you and, and I you know, got uh, autographed mini helmets because of it. We did, we did from Lathan Ransom, indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, so yeah, uh, you know, I mean, this is not now. Granted, that type of thing is very, you know, it's it's you know, pretty small potatoes, and maybe maybe that's what Ray Anderson thought this was all it was going to be was you know, oh well, now a kid can can go sign autographs and make some money. Well, it's not. And anybody who thought that was going to be the max uh, type of, you know, exposure wasn't paying attention. College football is, it's a, it's a billion dollar business and lots of people involved in it, uh, either on the periphery or directly involved in it, have a lot of money at stake and have a lot of money. And if you say, you know, hey, you can pay the money and you can get the best players, people are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for us to be completely unprepared for that is wow. That, yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard that, but if true, it's it's awful. Well, and I'll tell you what's frustrating to me. It, I mean, all of it is, but right. Uh, but right. what's particularly frustrating is okay. You didn't see it coming. Yeah. I let's let's all accept that. Let's start with that premise. Yeah. What happened when you looked around? Like, okay, right. I I'm not the most clever guy in the world, but if everyone else is doing it, I can yeah. look and copy it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It it almost. I mean, based on that reporting, if that reporting is true, it almost feels like they thought, well, okay, a handful of schools will really get heavily in, you know, the Texas A&M reports that were out there around signing day and, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, well, yeah, that, you know, but those are schools that probably financially we couldn't compete with anyway. And that's true. You know, we've, we've known that Texas A&M is going to spend, you know, $10 million on a coach and, and, you know, okay, fair enough. But it, it appears that that's what they thought that when, when Ray Anderson said, we're not going to get in an arms race, that almost it was like, well, the arms race will be the top, you know, eight to 10 schools and the rest will just continue to sort of play it low key. And like, that's, that's not how it's going to be, man. It's just not. Yeah. Yes. There will be a top eight to 10 that will probably spend more than others and their boosters will spend more than others, but it doesn't mean that the other 120 are all just going to sit back and be like, well, that's, it's nice that our quarterback can sign a deal with the local pizza chain. Like that is nice, mm-hmm. but this is, that's not where it's going to top out. Well, and it's it's just a matter of. I understand we're not Texas A and M, and no. you know one of the things Cartman reported and Sun Devil sources reporting is that a lot of our major boosters are bailing on the program, yeah. on the athletic department as a whole, um, and just they're disappointed in Anderson, they're disappointed in Edwards, they're disappointed in leadership. Yeah, you know, and I don't blame them. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I get where that frustration is coming from. I, yeah. I'm not. It's not. Yeah, surprising. I mean, I'm not going to bail in terms of my my fan uh, loyalty. But your dollar. But, but exactly. Yeah, I mean, if I have, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I I went to one basketball game last year, mm-hmm. and I was in town and available to probably go to up to 10 or 12. I don't know the exact number, but I certainly could have gone to more than one, but it just didn't feel like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, and, and football, I, I, you know, I ended up working a couple games for ASU radio, um, which I was glad of because I don't know that I would have paid to go to those games. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to see USC, but I'm not sure I would have paid to go see USC. Well, and I'll, I'll level with you. Usually I, by this time of year, I'm looking at the ASU schedule and thinking, uh-huh. well, can I swing a trip? Sure. Can I sure. swing a trip to Tempe? I don't, you know, 
It's not going to motivate yeah. me. Like I'm planning no. on going home in December, but I'm not going to make any sort of effort to rush home ahead of time. Cause no, why? I agree. Like, I agree. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I am, I am planning right now that we have six home games sort of planning right now to be here for three of them. And if I'm here, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not planning my, you know, calendar around them. Um, I mean, uh, you know, the ASU is home on October 8th, that same day, night, probably Oregon is playing in Tucson. I'm probably going to go to Tucson and see Oregon. Now that's not because of Arizona, but Oregon's more interesting. And, and ASU, unfortunately, that's the thing. Not that I find Arizona more interesting than ASU. It's that I find you'd rather see Oregon play whoever. Yeah. Than yeah. ASU. And, and then, then a- ASU isn't good enough right now for me to think, well, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice my chance to see Oregon who probably has first round draft pick talent and future, you know, star player talent a hundred miles down the road in order to see ASU when I've already seen them. And in the past I have done that. I, I mean, I've done it many, you know, I've gone to six ASU games a year, seven if they, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do that this year. And, and uh, you know, I mean, part of that's my own situation and wanting to see multiple teams and all that, but yeah, I mean, ASU isn't good enough and, and the product seemingly feels like it's going to, you know, the future is getting worse by the day. Yeah. And it's like, well, why am I going to plan around ASU? No, I, why would I? I mean, I, you know, if I can go see a game in Tucson or a game, you know, in, in Raleigh, North Carolina on the day of an ASU home game, and I want to do that, I'm going to do it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, and look, you and me are not the type of fans who's, you know, whose dollar makes up the bottom line of a program, but the big money boosters, you know, saying, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to spend the money that we have. We're going to, that's, that's where problems come into play. Absolutely. And, and frankly, I think this is where we're headed as a program is you, if you want to stay loyal Mm-hmm. or what you know define it how you will to this pair mm-hmm. people will take their dollar elsewhere and as you I and was, i have talked yeah. about at length there's plenty of other places to take your dollar in phoenix oh sure there is yeah yeah no doubt and and we don't have the deep bench of rich boosters and wealthy fan support that that some places do you know so if if you know if 10 people decide to take their big money elsewhere, we don't have another 10 just waiting to replace them. No. Which is what you do at, at a, you know, a Texas A&M. If Texas A&M fans get disenchanted and a few big money boosters say, you know, I'm, I, I'm not giving you my money until you make a coaching change. There's probably a, a healthy group of others who will say, well, I will. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been waiting for influence and I'll give you my money to get that influence. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that. So, you know, and all of that is to say we've talked several times since the end of the season about, you know, what's the impetus for change? What will bring about change? Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. If, if the, you know, if this team is playing games in front of, you know, 15,000 people next year and, and big money donations dry up and, you know, people who are loyal financially go away, that's going to be it. Now, the last point I'm going to steal from <laughs> the Sun Devil Source podcast, but I think it's a good one and, and worth exploring, yeah. is what a poor job the university has done in regulating the coaching contracts. And, and frankly, I think you could extend this to Ray Anderson at this point. And giving extensions to guys who should be or are on their way out. Mm. Yeah. And I understand we don't leave guys with lame duck deals, but, you know, Herm's got, what, three years left on his deal now? Does he really? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to buy out Tracy Smith and... Hurley's yeah. got time left on his deal. Not not that I think Hurley's in jeopardy, given all of the other problems we have. <laughs> right, the right, jeopardy right, for yeah. Hurley is if it's meant to distract us from everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But no, I, 
yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very good point. I mean, the, the Tracy Smith hire, we can certainly say, because it's the era's over, was a failure. A complete <laughs> Objective and total failure. Yeah. I mean, he was His best year us, ended with COVID after right, two weeks. Right, and we don't know how good that team was going to be. I know. He got like, two weeks you know, of it, so you, yes. you, you know, you can And they, they lost the opening series. Mm-hmm. To Michigan. Now, Michigan was a good team that year too, but they lost the opening series, and then they beat up on some bad teams for the you know the next couple of weeks, and and they had the number one overall pick. That does not mean they were going to you know go to Omaha. There's too much of a feeling. That's just a little side rant, but there's too much you know excuse making around you know people at ASU like, well, that was our that was our team that was going to win it all. Like we don't know that at all. But yes, that was probably his best team. But he was here for what six years. Yeah. Um, if you only had one good team in six years, you still failed. Yeah. Given what ASU baseball is supposed to be, so and and left the cupboard pretty oh, bare. <laughs> pretty bare, and we're we're feeling it this year. I mean, this team has has battled with some grit to to get back to around five hundred a couple weeks ago. Now they've lost the last two series. Um, you know, but but they're they're an overachieving bunch to even be around 500 because they're just not that talented, especially pitching wise. But yeah, that was a failure. He was brought in to take a team that had made regionals, but hadn't advanced past regionals in the previous, what, four years and get us further. And we never got further. Um, and a couple years didn't even sniff the tournament The you know, the Herm hire looks like it is on track to be remembered as a failure. Maybe maybe not as spectacular a failure as people expected, I, but still a failure. Although if he burns down the house on his way out... Right. It, then it might be remembered it, that way. It's not just that it, the it, cupboard's bare. There's a chance that we're left with a pile of ash where I a agree. football program I used to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it may end up being remembered that way right now. And this is why I say, I, you know, I've said it to you before, I don't know why Herb didn't retire after last year. He could have, you know, because... Because then, even if all this same stuff happens, and yeah, the the smart fan would look at it and say, "Boy, Herm left us in a bad position." A lot of people would blame the new coach mm-hmm. because it'd be like, "Well, what, what, you know, Herm had us in decent Herm position. ended at eight and four. Yeah, it's yeah, not his fault know, that I mean, the new coach couldn't retain talent. Right, right. So, so yeah, I, I think he should have, but you know, whatever. He made the choice to stay, and now he's gonna gonna face it. But. Uh, yeah, and the Hurley hire, who knows? I, I I don't know where that verdict is gonna fall. I, I don't think I'll I don't think no matter what I'll say the Hurley hire was a failure. No. Because he, he did some good things here and has had some good teams and you know, got to the tournament twice and you know, for, for ASU basketball, we have a very low bar that is success. He's he's probably met that bar. Um but still there was hope for more and it and so far it hasn't been delivered. Yeah, well, and I think Hurley is judged on exactly what that Haller article was, which is, you know, from the time they got to Vegas in 2020. Right, right. Nothing has gone right. It hasn't really gone right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if Hurley gets fired in a year or two because, you know, the program continues to struggle and miss the tournament, I think it'll be remembered much like Herb, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, did some good things, could really build on it disappointing but not a failure yeah um but but yeah i mean you know it's hard i mean uh, there's some good feelings about baseball right now because of bloomquist (laughs) but it's also going to take getting better players and winning more for those good feelings to actually stay the team is not very good Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean it's you know but all that being said football is the lifeblood at asu and football's a mess right now it's an unmitigated, unqualified mess, mm-hmm. and and that's makes it hard to have good feelings about where the program and the athletic department is in general. Yeah, I mean, can't can't recruit. We've got we have finished spring practice. We are entering mm-hmm. summer. We have five scholarship receivers. I know two have never <laughs> caught a pass, and one I of know. those two is a senior, and the other's a junior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's really bad, um, uh, you know. And and we don't have a quarterback on the roster who's who started a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like 
you know, okay, that was that was the case for, you know, Alabama last year, but you know, the quarterback who they had in place was the, you know, five star recruit. We've got we've got a, a batch of, of career backups. It's kind of mm-hmm. what it feels like. Maybe somebody emerges, but that's what it feels like is we've got five guys who probably all would have been well suited to be a backup in college. Yeah. And nobody who really feels like a starter and and, who and, knows, maybe we'll get a transfer, but ah, gosh, <laughs> who knows? Where we get a transfer who hasn't played with the team until fall exactly. practice. Exactly. And yeah. we've got a new offensive yeah. coordinator. And I mean like Yeah. And and not <laughs> much talent around him. I mean, like you're yeah. saying, not you know, like what quarterback is gonna come into this situation and just revitalize the whole thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I think I said this last week. I mean, if we got, if we got Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, they'd probably struggle. We're not good. You know, they'd be playing behind a crappy offensive line with crappy receivers and a boring (laughs) offense. And a a, a suspect running back who is, who is our best offensive player. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, I like, there isn't a quarterback out there that would be like, well, if we could get them, that would change everything. Like, no, and, and we're not getting them. We're getting a guy who's available because, you know, whoever got, is, beat. Uh, got beat out by their current team. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Paul Tyson, mm-hmm. who's already here and, and may end up being a, a respectable quarterback. I don't but know. Paul Tyson, but, Emory Jones, Jerry Bohannon, these are all guys who, if, yeah. we, get, and if we get either of the other two or have Tyson, right. got beat out. By the other guy, and if it's Borgay, he's only starting because the starter left. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's all guys who wouldn't be starting had they stayed at the place they were. Tyson, obviously, being one, we know that, and and the other guys that were after are the same thing. Uh, you know, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's hard to it's hard to be anything but pessimistic right now. Yeah. I mean, the the hemorrhaging of of talent that happened this last like nine to 10 days. And we didn't, we didn't go into the last nine to 10 days feeling like we were going to be a great team, but you just, I mean, it's like you took away the top, probably what seven or eight players. Almost. It feels like, like, you know, low lay, low lay, Gentry, Pearsall, Bunkley, Shelton. Like these, these were the guys we were counting on. Yeah. I mean, low lay left, or at least appears to be on his way out immediately preceded by the guy who started in his place all year last year leaving <laughs> right norman lot yeah you know? yeah i mean and uh, then, you know and, and, and then gentry, and gentry. who is the who's the building block who according to you know certain reports got mid six figures at usc at usc yeah you know yeah. like I mean, there are guys know, who well, left because they just didn't like it which i you know Again, this is what they're reporting on Sun Devil Source, is what happened with Pearsall. Basically, yeah. I don't like what I'm seeing. We don't have a quarterback. It's not NIL. It's yeah. It's team. I can't blame him if he if he did think that. You know, you know, because yeah, I mean, he's got as we've discussed, he's got what one maybe two years left of mm-hmm. college football. He's probably I don't want to say no chance, but probably not an NFL player. So this is, I mean, this is his Remy Martin situation. Like, this is his chance to do something and, with and his he can contribute. Football career. You know? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. You know, and, and he's looking and at Oregon is, and Florida. You know. Yeah, and and those are places where, you know, I, I don't I don't think either one of those teams is going to win the national championship next year, um, but they could certainly be, you know, a top fifteen, top twenty. Oregon could win a conference title. Florida probably not given the conference they're in. But, you know, you could do something. You could accomplish something at those places. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, yeah, if you feel like this is a, a black hole and you're going to waste the last year or two of your career, I, I mean, it's hard to argue against the kid. And I'm sure Bunkley Shelton probably had the same thought. You know, I mean, like, these guys are in practice. We're reading the reports about how, oh, we're going to huddle all the time. I mean, we talked about that a, a month or two ago, how these reports make it sound like we're, you know, we're – taking our offense back to the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are in practice at seeing it and maybe thinking the same thing. Like, what, what am I going to do? I mean, a good year might be 30 catches. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, that's tough to, tough to do. And, and, you know, I'm sure both Pearsall and Bunkley Shelton probably have dreams of playing in the NFL. I don't know if they will, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they're, they're thinking about it. 
and this is not the place to show yourself off for it. I mean, it's it's really quite something that yeah. we find ourselves in this position. It really is. It really is. Given given how it felt about what eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we were like not even that, not even eighteen months. Let's say about twelve to fourteen months. Spring practice last year. We, you know, we had a pretty darn good team coming back as evidenced by, you know, what we talked about with the, with the, you know, NFL draft and free agent signings and all that. We felt like we were recruiting well. We had, you know, good coaching base in, in place. It felt like, like, and, you know, and we had been told that this was going to be the year and right, it, and it right. was like, and that, we were continuing to recruit beyond it too, where it felt like, well, all right, you know, like okay this should be the year but then we should have the talent in the in the pipeline to be good again in 22 and 23 and 24 and and maybe not you know win the conference every year but at least be a pretty darn good team that could could contend and it just man it's all falling apart for various reasons but it it has all fallen apart to the point where it just it feels like 22 is just totally a wasted year already and and we're just you know like the only excitement that's going to come out of 2022 is in you know december when we're looking for a new coach yeah december i've been looking since the offseason started well yeah yeah when we're when we're uh actually formally looking for a new coach but then you ask the question who's going to be looking for the new coach yeah and and uh yeah i don't know I don't know. I mean, again, could they both? So I heard this as a hypothetical. Could they both retire? Could it be something where Crow basically says, "Look, this is over." Yeah, yeah. Go. It's it's go out because because the alternative is they fire them both for cause and they don't pay them anyway. Right, right. Yeah, I I think that's probably not only a could but probably the most likely. End result, if things go really bad, is Herm says, I'm done, and Ray Anderson says, so am I, because, you know, I hired my my best buddy, and it didn't work out, and, you know, I don't I don't have the stomach necessarily to, to you know, find to a replacement for him. To go through the search again, and then right, re- right. reappoint what's-her-name to, to the AD interim title for the... <laughs> For the 17th time, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think does, so. Uh, does I, Christine Wilkinson have the most aggregate days in the AD chair of any it, athletic it's director? It's very possible. <laughs> if you add up all the interim tenures, yeah, yeah, it's uh, probably longer than, I mean, I bet it's longer than Steve Patterson. I was here. just going to say, I bet it beats Steve Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and it might come close to Lisa Love. She wasn't, she wasn't here that long, I don't think, but four or five mm-hmm. years, maybe, something yeah. like that. Um so yeah, yeah. Who knows, man? I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I will. You know, nothing changes on my feelings toward ASU. I, I love it. I want them to be good, and I will follow every game next year in the same way that I, that I have for the past seventeen years, eighteen years. Um, but I don't have much hope that things are going to be good. I just, I feel like we're just. Like I said, spinning our wheels until it's time to, to find the future. Yeah, agreed. It's gonna be real, real bad. It could be rough. Yeah, yeah. There could be some there could be some ugly results, especially early in the year. Because I, if I remember right, I was going through the September schedule. I believe the first of October were at USC. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, the, the three toughest teams on our schedule may be in the first five weeks, and. Mm-hmm with the team we've got and, and, uh, you know, the quitting spirit that we seem to have among this team. And I hate to say that. I mean, if it goes bad, if those, you know, if Utah and USC are blowout losses, which I, I think is very possible. I mean, you could just see this team just roll it up and, and completely quit on the season. Well, because it'll start at the top. Well, anyone with NFL aspirations will be done. Exactly. You know, but how many of those guys do we have? <laughs> I mean, sort of, Sort of tongue in cheek, but it's uh, it's kind of true. Robertson? Most of our NFL aspiration guys have already left. That's true. But yeah, Robertson, I suppose, is one. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if well, we bring maybe. Will Lay back, yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we don't. We, you know, let's just say this: if we had four guys drafted this year, if I had to place a bet right now on over under point five, 
in 2023's draft, I'd take the under. Yeah. It would it would take some sort of miracle punting, I think, <laughs> for us to get Goodbye. someone yeah. drafted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or or this, you know, Wyoming running back to just have an all world season because apparently that's gonna be our offense. We're just gonna, you know, we're gonna run it like fifty two <laughs> times a game. So, you know, maybe he runs for two thousand yards or something like that. Can you call them draw plays if it's just the line doesn't block? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. To be determined. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's uh it's gonna be an interesting season. I I I can't remember one, and we're not there yet. But I, I mean, I can't remember one where I'll go into the season with less hope than this one. Yeah. I mean, I mean even two thousand nine with Danny, I was probably still naive enough to think like, well, you know, maybe maybe things break our way. We win seven games. We weren't, you know, I look back now and think that wasn't going to happen, but I, I probably thought it at the time. Yeah. Before we go, a little quick look around the NBA now that we're in yeah. this conference semis. Indeed, indeed we are, yes. So, you know, Bucks celtics look like they're going to be tied at one apiece. Uh, with, celtics you know, still up big tonight. I saw they're they were. up 13, make it 15 with Come. under three and a half to go. Okay, so probably so done deal. Okay, but uh, you know, Suns, Mavs, see, you know, Suns up one nil. Yeah, it's gonna take some. It's gonna take some Luca magic. I feel like for them. I mean, you know, like he had a great game last night. They still lost. Yeah. Um. You know, he's gonna have to be out of this world good. I feel like. And uh, Sixers down to the Heat. That that's an interesting series. It is, especially boy Embiid being out. If he, I mean, they need him to come back. Uh, when I when I read he was out, I'm like, man, uh, you know, I don't think they have a shot without him. They need him back for Game Three. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because um, as we discussed last week, James Harden continues to be just kind of a above average player. He's not the great player he used to be. And then uh, Golden State Memphis. The, yeah, it was uh, the best game of the game ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but now I feel the like the Grizz gotta win this. This is a this oh, is a yeah. must win for the Grizz. And I don't think I mean like I kind of feel like there's very little chance they win this series. I thought that going into game one, I mean they were outplayed for a lot of the Minnesota series, and and Minnesota blew what three fourth quarter leads and four and you know three of their four losses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I you know like Memphis is a good story, and they may be a contender next year. But it feels like this is where their run ends, probably against a, a you know proven championship team. Especially, they couldn't take advantage of Game One when Green gets ejected. That's yeah. you know that was their game to take at that point. Home game, Golden State down its best defender, and they they still couldn't find a way to win it. Yeah, but it's exciting, and Stanley Cup playoffs are on, which they're underway. Yes, you know. Yes. No. All over the ESPN networks. So, uh, finally, after a yeah. year of ESPN Plus games, there's yeah. actually NHL games on ESPN and ESPN Two. It feels like. Yeah, uh, you know, knowing nothing, I'll I'll go ahead and take the Florida Panthers to win it all. All right. <laughs> I'm, I, well, before the season, I did a, just a random pick with my dad, and I picked the Leafs and the Avalanche. And the Avalanche finished with the best record in the West, and the Leafs, I think, were like the second or third best in the East. So I'm sticking with it. Why mm-hmm. not? Uh, you know they haven't they haven't failed me yet. I'm going to stick by it. Well, I'm rooting for you. It's totally random. I can't say there was any real like logic. Just more looking at last year's you know finish and saying, oh, those teams should be good again. Why not? I'll go with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Hey, I support it. Mine was based on a dead or a defector article that talked about why you should root for the Panthers. So I'm okay. Just, I'm well, they, for the didn't they finish with the best record in the East? I think. I think so. The Avalanche, I think, had the best record overall, but just barely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's not a bad pick. In fact, I've had the Panthers game on on mute while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Panthers and Caps, game one. I have been watching the Blue Jays and Yankees on MLB Network, where the okay. uh, where the Umps missed horribly missed uh, tag by Vlad Jr. in a rundown uh, tag. The guy they said he missed the tag, and the guy scored. He did not, but it caused the pitcher to melt down and turned a three to one game into a seven to one game. 
I just saw the score was seven to one on the bottom line. So okay, that that explains how they got there, I guess. And and for whatever it's worth, Vlad Jr. The teammates calmed him down, but he they probably should have let him just get tossed. He was absolutely really? right really? that he made that tag. Is that not is that not reviewable? They tag him? Apparently not. I don't know what happened because yeah. I had on mute. Maybe they used yeah. the review already, but okay. I mean, yeah. he he tagged him. He tagged him. Yeah. The jersey moved. There, there's gotcha. no doubt it was a tag. It should be reviewable because if you can see it on replay and it's clear, then they, yeah. But you know, we all know sports have plenty of things that are like, uh, yeah, but it's not reviewable. Sorry. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, I, speaking of review, I you know I I saw my first replay announcement last week when I went to the Dodgers Diamondbacks. Like that change that they yeah. announced the call in the stadium and what the decision was. Yeah, that's. I think it's good. I've only seen it Smart. on TV, but. Very smart, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they do it in football, they do it in basketball now. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a good decision to do that. Well, look, we'll be back. We're going to talk about probably ASU athletics. Probably, frankly, probably. If I have yes. to level, if I'm in a level with, with our listening audience, with a lot more optimism than we have this week, yeah. right? How can I don't know not? where it's going to come from? But <laughs> we'll have it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So- softball, I think, can clinch the Pac-12. Yeah, they're probably they're they're pretty good, so that's good. Uh, hmm. You know, that's that's something. I guess we'll see what the what these you know minor sports. Maybe the golf teams. We we host the the national championships again this year, so you know maybe a little home course advantage, kind mm-hmm. of. Even though it's not at our home course, but still, uh, you know, you never know. Get to sleep in your own bed. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. So hmm. yeah, we'll see what the minor sports bring to the table, and then. Hey, it's it's already May. Three months from now, we'll be doing football previews, and and uh, we'll you know we'll see if we're any more optimistic then than we are now. Yeah, and hey, look, you can adopt the Longhorns. I'll I'll yes. adopt the Gators because that's right, that's and, right. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and you know, yeah, that's. I mean, that is the beauty for me, as uh, you know, and and uh, you know, like I I follow college football nationally, so if ASU stinks, well, I'm disappointed by it, but. My interest level in the sport isn't changing a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.